Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5, called Looking for Answers. It seems, says one writer, that Elihu's anger is in measure akin to the anger of the Lord. God's zeal for his own glory translated itself into Elihu's jealousy for God's glory. It would be good if we too shared Elihu's indignation more deeply than we do. For it is the glory of God in his holiness and majesty that is a major part of Job's answer as we come to the end of the book. Remember, God will start asking Job questions, right? At the end of the book. And Job is going to find his answers in the glory and in the face of God. And that's where we're going to answer the problem of evil. Because this world is not all there is. Because God is working a bigger plan. At the end of the book, God will correct uh, Job and ask Job to pray for his three friends. But Elihu is not corrected and not even addressed. It may speak of the fact that Elihu was right, even though some of what he says is close to the others. A couple of quotes. Though much of what Elihu says in the following chapters is similar to Job's comforters, it is also different in this respect. He does not assume that all suffering is punishment from past sins. He teaches that misfortune may befall a person in order to awaken him to some wrongful attitude or unconscious error and thus keep him from taking a wrong course. Another major difference in his teaching is the emphasis that suffering may be an expression of God's mercy more than his wrath. With these, Elihu makes a significant contribution to the core issues of the book. Namely, how the righteous should respond to suffering. Through Elihu, the author presents some major insights into God's use of suffering. Also, the importance of Elihu's role among the various speakers should not be overlooked. It is attested in the fact that he delivers four speeches, one more than each of the three comforters. Jones puts it succinctly when he says, quote, the friends said that Job was suffering because he had sinned, Elihu says that Job has sinned because he was suffering. Do you get the difference? See, Elihu is basically saying, Job, once you began to suffer, that's when you went wrong. That's when you began to accuse God. That's when your mouth began to speak sinful things. And oh, God, help us in those times. Oh, God, help us when we don't get it and it doesn't fit with our plan or our view of God and now all of a sudden we've got to deal with our emotions, our deep thoughts, our questions, our uh, temptations to wave the white flag, to walk away, you can fill in the blank. And who could blame Job on a human level? How much more could one person suffer? and get silence back from heaven, and get poor comfort from so-called friends, at what point does a man just simply break and say, it's too much? Johnny Erickson Tata was being interviewed by Greg Laurie on a recent broadcast, and Greg asked her the question, he said, she's been, in a, she's been a quadriplegic for 50 plus years, and now she has cancer. And Greg said to Johnny, 
Johnny, uh, did it bother you? Did Romans 8.28 bother you? And she said in the first three years, she was so devastated by the diving accident that made her a quadriplegic that she, she said she was a disaster. But she said afterwards, Romans 8.28, God works all things together for good to those who love God and those who are called, what? According to what? His purpose. Now, she said, you have to keep reading. For whom God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed. Now, think of that word. That word conformed means to form. To be conformed has the idea of pottery and shaping and moving, right? So it's God's purpose, being conformed to God's purpose, and being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. God's goal in working all things together for good is to make you like the good one, Jesus. How much molding and conforming do you think God has to do to make that happen in you? Well, <laughs> ask the people who know you the best. <laughs> and then ask yourself, so how much does God have to use the refiner's fire, so to speak, and again, I will say, I say these things with fear and trepidation. But to make us more like the Lord, what does he have to do? Sometimes when I'm suffering, I feel like such a baby. <laughs> why do you hear that whine instead of why, why and a cry, why and why and a cry? When it was over there, it was okay, but now it's here. Why is it here? I don't understand. How long? How long will it be? Why? What did I do? What did I miss? What's going on? You, you know. Turn over to 1 Peter. <laughs> All right, so the famous apologetics verse, 1 Peter 3.15, is set in a, a context of suffering. Peter's writing to a suffering church. M many of you have studied that. 1 Peter 3, take a look at uh, beginning of verse 13. <clears throat> Actually, uh, 14. Even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, 1 Peter 3, 14, you are blessed. Don't fear their intimidation and don't be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord, where? In your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for what? The hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence, keep reading. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than doing what is wrong. For Christ, if you want the ultimate example, also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. If you just peek over a few verses before this in 1 Peter 2, in verse 23, it says, while being reviled, Jesus did not revile in return, 2.23. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. 
And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. I want you to think about this next verse in the setting of suffering. For you were continually straying like sheep, maybe when everything was easy and good, but now what's happened? You have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Suffering has a way to drive me back to Jesus. I don't like saying that, <laughs> but I know it's true. I know how deeply I need him. I wanna show you one more in 1 Peter, it's 4.13. 1 Peter 4.13 says, actually go back to verse 12. <laughs> Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree, 1 Peter 4.13, that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that also in the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? If it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Back to Job and we'll finish it. There are certainly layers here of, you could call it a theology of suffering that aren't the most pleasant things to talk about. They're not, if I were to pick a sermon series on a Sunday morning, I wouldn't say, hey, I got a great idea. Let's do a series on suffering. It'll pack them in, baby, right? Boy, they're gonna come and be knocking down the door. But if we don't, if you've never heard 1 Peter 3 and 1 Peter 4 read to you, if you've never studied the book of Job and the news report hits like a thud on your front porch unexpectedly or all of a sudden you get bad news or there's a cancer uh, diagnosis or you fill in the blank, all the things we've talked about, what good does it do if we ignore this part of our Bibles? What good does it do if we don't have a full orb theology on what God really says about life? Everybody with me? See, this is where it helps us to understand that there are layers to what God is doing and even though I don't get it and sometimes I'm hurt and confused, still God is God. He is my God. Now, Elihu, 32.4 of Job, had waited to speak to Job because they were years older than he. In the ancient cultures, the young always deferred to their elders, and there's uh, implications of that throughout the book. And so they would wait, and they would let the elders speak, and they would, they would kind of wait their turn and make sure that they were being respectful. And so Elihu did all that, 
he waited and he waited. And this tells us that he was there hearing all the banter. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of the three men, <laughs> here it is again, he got upset. <laughs> His anger burned. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Still God is God. He is my God. Now, Elihu, 32.4 of Job, had waited to speak to Job because they were years older than he. In the ancient cultures, the young always deferred to their elders, and there's uh, implications of that throughout the book. And so they would wait and they would let the elders speak and they would, they would kind of wait their turn and make sure that they were being respectful. And so Elihu did all that. He waited and he waited. And this tells us that he was there hearing all the banter. And when Elihu saw that there was no answer in the mouth of the three men, <laughs> here it is again, he got upset. <laughs> His anger burned. Elihu did the right cultural thing by waiting. He did what we call a biblical thing. We are quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. But as he listened, he didn't hear one good answer. (laughs) Some years ago, a friend of mine was outside of the Orange Mall, and he was witnessing to people. And this big strapping dude walks out the door of the Orange Mall, and my friend says, hey, I'd like to tell you about the gospel. And this guy got in my friend's face and said this, tell me something new, man! Tell me something new! And he was like in my friend's face, like this close, like spitting in his face. I don't want to hear about that, Jesus! Tell me something new! And he went storming off. And my friend was like, whoa! But can I tell you something? The answer to the question is not new. God's answer to the problem of evil is Jesus. And we've been sharing together how the book of Job foreshadows redemptive suffering, and that the greater Job is Jesus, the most innocent sufferer who suffers on our behalf, inexplicable. If you're standing there at the cross on that darkened day and you're trying to figure out why the Son of God, who opened the eyes of the blind, unstopped the ears of the deaf, raised the dead, turned the water into wine, stopped the sea, cast demons out of people, and you try to explain why he's on that cross, there's only one explanation. God so loves you that the blood-stained cross is God's answer to the problem of evil. And I've told people many times over the years, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons I'm a Christian is because Jesus Christ entered into my pain. He didn't just wind up the universe and say, lots of luck, humans. Let's see how you mess everything up. 
Oh, we did that, but then he came on a rescue mission to enter into our pain. That's our God. That's why I say the Lord is my shepherd. That's why I say he is my God. Not Buddha, not Zoroaster, not some universal one or whatever you want to talk about. Jesus is my God. And of all the things that I don't understand, here's what I do know. After God spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, he, he is in these last days spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. And when he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Recently, I went back to listen to a little Fernando Ortega. You guys remember Fernando Ortega? This is back in the day. He was a worship leader, had a lot of solemn songs, but he made the song famous. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. In the morning when I rise. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. Give me Jesus. Father, thank you so much for the hope of Jesus Christ. He is the gospel. The good news, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. The fact that he has a current ministry to his people ever living to intercede for us, coming to us in our moments of despair and need, a throne of grace, pouring out grace, stabilizing grace. Oh Lord, we all have our file of questions. But I hope the biggest questions of this life have already been answered for this group at the cross. That's why we celebrate the cross. That's why we celebrate your great love for us. That's why we celebrate Jesus' incredible sacrifice. And what we know is that evil and suffering, if they do anything, one thing they do is drive us to you. We talked about that. But another thing that they do is help us not get too comfortable in a world destined for decay. We put so much stock in the temporary, and it's understandable, Lord. This is what we know, and yet it's temporal. Oh, God, would you help us to have an eternal perspective, a gospel perspective, to enjoy the life you've given us, to count our blessings each day, to be in awe of the fact that we are heirs with Christ according to the promise. We're gonna inherit a kingdom prepared for us from the beginning or foundation of the world, names written in a book of life. We're gonna see our God face to face. We're so grateful, Lord. Help us not forget all that we have so that the enemy, this world, the problems that we face don't rob us of the joy and the hope we have in Jesus. If you haven't met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a great time to pray. Ask him to save you. Thank him for what he did for you. Turn from your sin and trust in him. For some of you, this may be the time to return to him. Maybe it's, you've been in a season of suffering and it's driving you back to him and he'll, he'll open up his arms like the father of the prodigal. He loves you so much. And if you're a Christian here and 
You've been going through this study in Job. My prayer is that God will minister his grace, his hope to you, his encouragement to you, that the best is yet to come for all of us who are in Christ. Amen. You've been listening to Looking for Answers, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 32, verses 1 through 5. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we'd love to connect with our listeners. That means you. So you can email or send Pastor Michael and the team a letter. We'd love to get mail. You can get all the contact information at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. But our email address is contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. And here's our mailing address. Are you ready? You can write Pastor Michael at P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Once again, that's P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, you know, one of the missions of the church in the famous First Peter 3.15 apologetics verse is set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, my brother, my sister, always being ready to give a defense, an answer, a reason for the hope that you have with gentleness and respect. So let's keep in mind that many, not all, but many in our world are looking for answers and you and I have the answer. Jesus is the answer to every of one of the deep questions that we face. Do you know him? Maybe you've been listening to Christian radio for a while. Maybe you're someone who said I'm agnostic or atheist, or maybe you're from a different religion outside of Christianity, and you've been listening and you're like, you know what? Jesus is the answer. Well, what do you do now? You need to ask him in to your life. You might say, well, how do I do that? Prayer. And it doesn't have to be a perfect prayer, but it has to have this kind of essence to it. And let me, let me give it to you. And let me say to you that if you're driving to keep your eyes open, the Lord will hear you either way. And pray this from your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the answer. I believe you answer the deepest dilemmas of life about sin and death and the afterlife. Thank you for coming into this world as God in human flesh. Thank you for dying on the cross, living a perfect life that I could never live, dying on the cross as the perfect sacrifice, and rising from the dead to prove who you are and to make a way for me so that the grave doesn't have the final answer Jesus does. I ask you into my life. Pray it if it's you. Be my Lord, my Savior, my God, my King. I want to follow you. Hey, if you're a prodigal, get back home, man. Get back into fellowship. Hey, if you haven't been going to church for a while, you know, COVID is really waning and that's wonderful. And if you don't have a health reason to stay away, get back into fellowship. Maybe you've gotten lazy. Can I be honest? Live streaming, flipping on the tube on a Sunday morning in your PJs, don't have to brush your teeth. You know, it's convenient, but you're not connecting with the body of Christ, let's be honest. 
you're watching something on a screen, but you're not there. You're not using your gifts to bless others. You're not there to be part of the body, to engage your gifts, to to invite others to give, to pray for people, to worship collectively with one voice. There's so many other things I could say. You might say, well, how do I find a good church? Well, you might want to call us if you don't live anywhere near our area. We're in the city of Corona. The church I pastor, and I'm one of several pastors, is Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona in Southern California. Love for you to visit anywhere near the Inland Empire. You can come and check it out. 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Sunday mornings. And the directions can be found at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. If you want to jot this down, we're at 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. 1009 Arsenal Way. Just think of the armor of God. And remember, directions can be found at walkintruth.com. Just click on the church tab or just Google, uh, look up the name Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Hey, I would love to meet you, uh, meet you and or your family or both. Come on out. Love to get to know you, have you experience one of the services and get you back into fellowship. Walkintruth.com. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And just a reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us on Monday on this station for the conclusion of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 34 called Defending God's Justice. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.